welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Stan Chubb, the bearded legend himself, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, my bearded South Stan Chum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 231. We had a break last week thanks to the uh, Kalal match being uh, postponed, so a slight hiatus enforced on us there. But thanks to everyone who tuned in to episode 230. This week, we've got just the one game to talk about. Uh, lots of differing opinions uh, on how good or bad that game actually was. We also, earlier today on Sunday, Tunji Akinola, our, um, our centre-back, joined us for a 10-minute chat. So we've got that later on in the show. We've got a full roundup of all the news that you may or may not have missed over the last couple of weeks. But as always, we start at the top of the show with the home of the 15% discount with our sponsors, AJF Plastering. And I'm certain you know this by now, but if you don't, AJF Plastering are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is, as the bearded legend said, they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans, staff and players. So for more information, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, there's a few options that you can go to get in contact with Adam and the boys. You can email AJF Plastering simply at www. Uh, no, not email. Sorry, that's their website. You can email the boys at ajfplastering@outlook.com, or you can visit their website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk or AJF Plastering on social media. They're on Facebook and on Instagram under AJF Plastering or Big Ads LOFC if you are on Twitter. So five ways to look up Adam and the boys. And don't forget that 15% off offer. What an absolute bargain. Absolutely. So moving on then to any other business this week, thanks very much indeed to Trevor Collins, who sent a superb email into us, orientoutlook at outlook.com is that very address that he emailed us. Lots of great points raised about our playing style, our personnel, the style we are, uh, we're at, where we're at, uh, and why we're there. Too much to read out this week, but really, really great email. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us, Trevor. And if anybody else isn't on social media either and wants to communicate, get in touch with us, Orient Outlook, all one word, at outlook.com. We'll get you in touch with us. So thanks to Trevor for sending that in. It's always good to hear from the Orient fan base, wherever you are and however you, you can. Yeah, and over the past fortnight, we were saddened to hear of the passing of Club Match Day employee and O's fan, Brian Church, and would like to send our condolences to his friends and family. So RIP to Brian. Uh, I think he's a programme seller at the ground, a face well known to most of us who go to Brisbane Road. So our thoughts and uh, best wishes are with his family and friends. Yeah, I bought many a programme from Brian. Didn't know his name, but yeah, saddened uh, at that loss. And uh, condolences to anybody who's lost people, be it Corona uh, as the cause, coronavirus as the cause, or, or otherwise, we uh, we uh, wish you a very long, happy, and healthy uh, life for those that uh, are the friends and families of those that have deceased. Uh, so, moving on then to the fortnight that was, Coulson Monday, the fourth of January, the club announced the forthcoming away match against Carlisle on Saturday would kick off at an earlier time of one o'clock. But obviously, we're going to update you. That has been changed completely now. So probably best actually, in retrospect, to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> Later on on Coulson Monday, 
the 4th of Jan. The club announced its nominees for Player of the Month for December. And the nominees were Danny Johnson, Joby McEnough, Lawrence Vigaru and Connor Wilkinson. And the winner, with 38.7% of the vote, was the ever young Joby McEnough. So well done to Joby McEnough. I mean, looking at those nominees, they all had a superb month for December. Yeah. Could have been any for a tough call. But well deserved for Joby. I mean, what what a season Joby McEnough has had so far. Yeah, he just gets better. It's like a fine wine, that man. He just gets better with age. <laughs> Um, at 8 o'clock on that very Monday evening, the Prime Minister announced that there would be another full national lockdown, although elite sport will continue, which meant that our game would be unaffected, uh, our games, sorry, will be unaffected and will continue as normal. Yeah, that continues to be the case, so, you know, we hope that that continues to be as it is. It's a three-way Tuesday, the 5th of January, and straight off the back of Player of the Month, the club announced it's December Goal of the month contenders. So four nominations put forward. The first was James Brophy versus Newport. Just a happy long ball forward. And Brophy ends up turning his man, smashing it low into the corner. The second nominee was Danny Johnson versus Morecambe, which was finished after a decent passing move. If you remember that, Morgan to Hector. Hector into the box. Johnson into the back of the net. Then Joby McEnough with his free kick against Southend, where the wall was about 20 miles behind the free kick. fantastic effort nonetheless. And the last nominee was Connor Wilkinson versus Southend, and a good, great free ball played in by Joby McEnough into the path of Connor, and he dinked it over the keeper. So four strong nominees there. So bearded legend, who who won? Well, the winner with thirty eight percent of the vote was Mister Joby McEnough, Captain Fantastic, which meant that he did the double for December, and he's now won it two months on the bounce. I mean, what a legend! Amazing. Amazing. Some good goals there. Uh, all good goals, really. It's nice yeah. to see some good goals in that nomination uh, for goal of the month. But a great free kick there from Joby. Nonetheless, well done to Joby. And later in the day, 7pm, the club held a review of 2020 on its YouTube channel. We had Nigel Travis, Danny Mackley and Martin Ling, with Kent T and Matt Porter joining later on. So if you've not watched that, that is available on the club's YouTube channel. It's about an hour, 10 minutes but it's well worth a watch. There's some interesting facts uh, on there and really interesting to see how the board think the season had gone at that point to date. So really interesting, like I said, on the YouTube channel of the club, but well done there again to the club for being so open in their communication. Absolutely agree with you. Wednesday the 6th of January then, not so much O's news, but the EFL and the PFA, the Professional Footballers Association, confirmed that they'll be introducing twice-weekly COVID-19 tests at all 72 clubs from Monday the 11th of January. So last Monday, twice a week, everybody will be tested. And I think that's obviously in response to the fact that many games or clubs are having outbursts, outbreaks of it, and it was um, hindering games and meaning games having to be postponed and rescheduled, which would cause fixture havoc later on um, in the season so pretty sensible not quite sure why it's taken them so long to get that in place but good news and good to know that the players are going to be playing against healthy opponents really I think that's that's fundamental and they're not putting themselves in danger yeah you would hope so so Thursday the 7th of January and the day marks the first anniversary of Ross Embleton being made permanent head coach of Leighton Orange so well done on a year as head coach Mr Embleton Mr Levy I remember interviewing uh, Ken Teague and Nigel Travis in, well via via the phone line a year ago to the day if you remember that uh, vaguely vaguely 
Um, the club announced that midfielder Josh Wright had left the club by mutual consent, having played 53 times and scored nine goals in his most recent spell at the club. I think that, if my memory serves right, that was his third spell uh, with us. We wish Josh all the absolute very best for the future. On his Instagram, uh, which is more prominent on, he put the following message out for those that may not have seen it. He said, football is football. Just like life is life, all I can say is it's been one emotional roller coaster and a time I will remember forever. I will be forever grateful to all you fans and Orient as a club will always be in my heart and it was a dream to play for the O's, albeit the bigger dream of having Justin in charge was taken too soon. I owe that man a lot and without him I wouldn't have been able to make all the memories I have over the last 18 months. Thank you to the players, the staff and of course the board I've made some friends for life, and you're a great bunch who I wish nothing but success for. Who knows what life brings in the future, but one thing is for sure, I will be back in some capacity, even if that's just as a supporter. Thank you, at Leighton Orient. Hashtag memories with two hearts and O's at the end. Really nice message, that. Really nice message. He's a good guy, Josh. I mean, I don't know that we necessarily got to see the best of him at times. I mean, there were points, you know, where he's, you know, marauding forwards and nicking goals, that goal against Cheltenham and and whatnot. I just think perhaps the 4-3-3 formation for him sort of didn't really work. But tell us your views on that, Steve. You surprised by that? Well, I remember, uh, obviously, we'd done the episode 230 two weeks ago. I called it. I sat here thinking, or, and I sat here and said I didn't think Josh Wright would be going anywhere. I thought he'd see out his contract. So, in a way, I was surprised. And in a way, I wasn't surprised, really. Um, there were obvious connotations with him and Crawley, but I thought they were too obvious. But a two-and-a-half-year deal for a midfielder of his age at a League Two club, it'd be crazy not to take it. Um, you know, you spoke to Josh at the start of the season, and he sounded so up for it, so determined. Um, but since November, really hasn't featured in the squad at all. So, yeah, fair play to him. Best of luck. I think when we look back on Josh Wright as a late night player, the first thing that you'll remember is that goal uh, against Cheltenham, which will always, forever, be remembered as part of late night's history. On you know such an emotional day, and he it was fate that he would pop up to score that goal. But you know, a decent midfielder. At times, you could always rely on him to take a penalty, though. I would say that every time he stepped up to take a penalty, I was always confident he'd score. And you can't say that about too many penalty takers at Leighton or in. And hopefully, when we play Crawley Town, hopefully he doesn't have the game of his life. Yeah, you'd hope so. I, 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 for me, it wasn't as much of a shock as I think it was, or a surprise as it was for you. Um, he's not been in the squads recently, not even in the match day squads. It wasn't even like he was on the bench. My surprise is why he hasn't been in the squad or, or, or playing, given how poorly Cissé was at times. I think Josh's experience would have been useful in the squad, particularly when you need to keep possession. He does that quite well. He's not he's not an unlocker of a defence. He's not an exciting go-pass player. And a lot of people do criticise the fact that he's backwards and sideways passing. But at times when you need to keep the ball and just slow the momentum down and take the wind out of the op- opponent's sails, I think he does that quite well. And perhaps when Justin signed him, we were going to be playing 4-4-2, which maybe suited Josh's style a bit more than what Ross is doing with the 4-3-3. Uh, but no, absolutely, he seems like an Orient fan. He's, he's, you know, he's very passionate about our club. And uh, you know, wish him all the best of luck for the future, except when he's playing against us, obviously. 
Absolutely. So we have to move on to Mooney Friday, the 8th of January. And unsurprisingly, the forthcoming game away against Lee leaders, Carlisle United, was called off due to the weather, which meant it would be a weekend off for all O's fans and for the Orient Outlook podcast. And in the early evening, Crawley Town announced the signing of Josh Wright. Uh, I think it's a good move for him. It's a two and a half year contract. They were doing well at the time. Um, you know, they're not in a not in a bad spot. Where are they? Just below us. They've won three of their last five games. So you know, they're also doing quite well. Obviously, hope he doesn't play against us, as we said earlier, and, and have a blinder. Um, I guess a big big draw for him was the fact that he might get to play with his brother, who was eligible to play in last week's uh, FA Cup game against Leeds, which cost me a load of money because I didn't, in my gut, told me to bet on Crawley beating Leeds and I bet on Leeds beating Crawley. So I did my accumulator, I was robbed of my accumulator. But um, yeah, um, good good luck to him. All the best to him. Had a fantastic debut, you know, gets 20 minutes uh, and beats the Premier League team 3-0. So well done yeah, to Josh Wright, friend of the podcast. And hopefully, who knows if we'll have Josh Wright back on in the future. Time will tell. So Saturday, the 9th of January, a quiet day. The club's our match was called off. There were other games in League 2 going on, so lots of games being caught up on or being played. But obviously, like we said, Carlisle, it was freezing up there. The ground was iced over, so our game was postponed. Yeah, and there was nothing happening on Sunday the 10th of January, so we're going to fast forward to Coulson Monday the 11th of January, where the club announced the away match to Carlisle had been rescheduled to be played on Tuesday the 19th of January, kicking off at 7 o'clock. Yep, Tuesday 12th of January, there was nothing to report, so let's just get forward into Wednesday the 13th of January, and another fixture change, just Crawley Town announced their upcoming home game with the O's, would now be played on Tuesday the 2nd of February, kicking off at 7pm. So this was because we were supposed to be playing Crawley on um, Saturday the 23rd of January, but as they qualified for the fourth round of the FA Cup, Dam and our game got moved. And I may be wrong, but I think Crawley Town have actually had the COVID outbreak, so I don't think Crawley Town are playing any football in the, in the near future. They didn't play yesterday. Them. They didn't play yesterday. Their match was called off. I'm not sure whether that was them or Bradford with the outbreak. Um, but yeah, they had no game yesterday. Thursday the 14th of January, in a day of fixture changes, our rearranged game, it seems like the perennial rearranger, uh, against Carlisle for Tuesday the 19th of January was postponed due to a COVID outbreak at Carlisle. And the date of the Forest Green Rovers home match was moved from Tuesday the 26th of January, uh, it was brought forwards to Saturday the 23rd of January, uh, which is quite sensible for three o'clock kickoff. So... Uh, we had no game, this, as Steve just said, because Crawley uh, had to be postponed. So we've now slotted in Forest Green, who are also out of the FA Cup. So that works well for all sides. It means we don't have a Saturday, well, a spare Saturday, and then we're playing Tuesday, Saturday in quick succession. So that's a win-win. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So let's move on into Mooney Friday, the 15th of January. And at 3pm, the club announced the signing of 22-year-old midfielder Dan Kemp from West Ham United on a two and a half year deal after his season long loan deal at Blackpool was cut short so that he could join the mighty Leighton Orient. Yeah, Dan said uh, in his quote, he said, I'm delighted to be here. It's a great club and I can't wait to get going. The manager is a massive part of me joining. His philosophy is exciting 
and his reputation of developing young players is something that attracted me. I'm an exciting player. I love to get on the ball and make things happen. I want to score goals and create chances, but I'm also an honest player that works hard for the team. Very so, views on that, Steve? Uh, yeah, I was very happy with that signing. Obviously, he went to Stevenage, I think, this time last year on loan. And I think there's a few other fans who would have liked to have got him then, obviously being at West Ham, a bit of a local lad. Um, but I was happy with that. I mean, he could be a very big player for us in the future. Seems like a made-for-made replacement for AMD, based on what he has said. Uh, but age should be fit after playing here and there for Blackpool. I don't think he made too many appearances over 90 minutes, but I think he played quite a few games for them. You know, And he likes to score goals from the field, and he can play in a number of different positions. So for me... A win-win, and interesting to see that we'd offered him a two and a half year contract because it's not something that we've traditionally done since Nigel and Ken have taken over. It's normally a two-year deal or one and a half year deal. Mm. But the fact he's on a two and a half year deal maybe tells you that they, you know, they've worked a bit harder to get this one over the line. But for me, yeah, very happy with that one. What about yeah. you? Yeah, no, I think usually at this time of the year you'd either get an eighteen month or a two and a half, which is why Josh Wright got a two and a half at Crawley. So it's normally a two-year deal, isn't it? Um, but it, it ties in to take him to the summer uh, period. So I know Ross has had his eye on Dan Kemp for a while. Um, I think we tried to get him in earlier in the season on loan, but obviously when a League One club comes calling uh, over a League Two club, I think you're probably going to take the opportunity to play at a higher level. I knew that he'd uh, signed with Blackpool for a season-long loan, but obviously West Ham have recalled him and... You know, it's quite a draw to go from playing some games at League One level to, to drop to play, you know, into League Two. I think he's going to be a very exciting player. We've seen him play against us in pre-season. The free kick he scored against us in pre-season was absolutely superb. He's both footed. I think your allusion to him being a replacement for Jordan. I, I, I genuinely think Jordan will probably leave this week, latest next week. I've got no inside knowledge on that, but that's just what my gut feeling is because we've now got, you know, Dan Kemp, um, I don't know what's gone wrong with JMD, why he's not fancied by the staff, why he, or what, what the challenges are there. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it shows our intent to, to, to come to your point that we've signed him for two and a half years rather than 18 months. He's obviously you know, definitely one for the future and maybe one that we'll be building the team around in the future and uh, seeing where we go. To completely digress... Go on. <laughs> ...on the old JMD point, and if... We believe all the rumours that seem to be coming in. Clubs like Ipswich Town seem to be sniffing around JMD. So for me, if that's true, I find it absolutely crazy that Ipswich Town, who are aiming to get out of League One at the right end, would be looking at JMD. And he can't get into Leighton Orient's squad, let alone starting eleven at Leighton Orient. But bigger clubs in Orient are looking at him. I find that really... Interesting. I don't think he'll go up a division. I think if he does anything, he'll be in this league. He's from the Brighton area. Um, so perhaps, who's down there? Crawley's down there. Um, I can't... I mean, necess- he definitely... He definitely won't. I think we talked about this two weeks ago. There's no way he'll drop down to the National League. No. In my opinion, anyway. No. But I'd be very surprised if he ends up at a bigger League One club. Yeah, I, d- I don't see him going to a League One club. At League Two level. Yeah, if it's League One, it won't be at the right end of the table, I don't think. I mean, I can't see him necessarily going to South End either. Stevenage is a, is further on than where we are. 
Um, and and Cole Chester, I, I don't see him doing that. I think Crawley's plausible. Um, but again, you just don't know if the guy relocates completely. Relo- if he's up for a full relocation, he, he could go anywhere. But, you know, if he's one of these guys that likes to kind of, like Dean Cox, for example, likes to sort of stay in and around his friends and family and be, you know, settled at, at, off the pitch, then if he's got that sort of temperament to him and that sort of way about him, then I... I, I you know, if Crawley are looking for it to add to their playing staff, I see that as a viable option. Otherwise, it probably may be just for a few months just to get some game time to go to a Dover or a Sutton or, or, or Haven or somewhere like that. And I know that's National League and that contradicts what you just said, but you just it's football such a funny game that you just it could turn up anywhere. He could plausibly turn up at Ipswich Town and and have an absolutely worldy period of his career. Um it's just you just don't know, do you? Absolutely. Be interesting to see what happens, and whatever happens, you'll be able to find out at our own outlook on social media as mm. soon as anything is announced. So we had lots and lots of tweets when the signing of Dan Kev was announced. Kevlar P eighteen tweeted us and said, "Good signing for the club. This lad will run and run and run." Yeah, Paul Ravens thirty nine said, "Really pleased with this signing. I really rate him. He's the sort of player we need. Good on the ball and creative." And it'll be interesting to see where he slots in, whether out wide or centrally. A left-back, maybe a clay-type centre midfielder and a right-footed forward would do nicely right now. And I think that's, that underlines a lot of the comments that we had. Really pleased with him signing. I, think, I, don't, I didn't see anyone saying, what are we signing this guy for? Yeah, absolutely. Always a good sign. That and yeah. Chris W underscore one said a great addition to the team. Remember watching him when we played West Ham in pre-season. He has got some skill on him. So, welcome yeah. to Leighton Orient, Dan DeCamp, and we wish you a very fruitful couple of years at Leighton Orient. Hope you know you can help us get promotion and you know kickstart that career and have a bright future in the game. Amen to that. So, we'll move on to yesterday now. It's Saturday, the sixteenth of January, and we'd like to wish friend of this very podcast a very happy birthday to Matt Porter, Leighton Orient director. Matt Porter turned. I don't know what he turned yesterday. He's in. No, late thirties maybe, mid thirties. Got a baby face. He's got he a baby has, face, yeah. Man. No yeah. older than twenty six, Matt Porter. <laughs> no older than twenty six. So time for the main event as Morecambe visited the home of football, Brisbane Road. Before the game, we ran a normal Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. And after one hundred and thirty five votes in twenty four hours, you voted as follows. We've only eleven percent of that audience thinking Oid would lose. 21% thinking the game would be a draw, with a massive 68% thinking that Orient would win. And as always, thank you for all of your votes on our Twitter poll. Absolutely, indeed. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Lawrence Vigor in goal, Sam Ling, Tunji Akinola, Dan Happy, James Brophy were the back four, Cissé, Mackenough and Clay with a mid- midfield three and Ruel Sotoriu, Connor Wilkinson and Lee Angol started up top. Substitutes for this one, Sergeant Widdison, Coulson, Kiprianu, Kemp, Dayton and Dennis. So that meant that Danny Johnson missed out through injury as Ruel Sotoriu took his place in the starting lineup. and new signing, Dan Kemp, was named on the bench. So for me, it was a shame to hear about Danny Johnson. So... He's been so prolific this season. That could really be a fall in our side, but that's why you have these big squads. So we've got Leanne Gold who's ready to come in into the middle, as was Ruel Satoriu. So obviously Leanne Gold was preferred to play down the middle, Ruel on the left. 
but big chances for them too. <clears throat> big, big chances now to state their claims on the team. And I finish by saying I'd expect to see Dan Kemp feature at some point. What about you, Paul? Yeah, uh, agree with you. Agree with what you've said there. Wonder what's happened to Danny. Uh, hope it's not too serious. This is me writing at the time. Huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. It's not to be underestimated for Ruel and Lee to show what they're about and to really basically keep Danny Johnson on the sidelines even when he is fit. That's the kind of headache that these two need to give Ross and Danny Sender and the staff because at the end of the day, Danny cannot play physically now, so they have to make the most of the opportunity that they're given. So, yeah, very, very crucial and critical. I know Ruel signed a, a longer-term contract with us fairly recently, um, but, but Liango, I think, is out of contract this summer. So a great opportunity for, for Liango to be played in his preferred position, which is in the centre in the centre uh, uh, forward role um, and he's been played out wide recently and I understand people's criticisms of Ruel how underwhelming uh, Ruel uh, Liango how underwhelming he's been or he's not pulling his weight but I think playing him through the centre which is where I fully expect him to be um, I think we'll start to see more about what he's about he's got great feet he's skillful and he knows where the goal is so I think that um, this will be a, a great opportunity uh, for Lee uh, as well as Ruel I think Leandro's playing for his later on in future 100% he absolutely is yeah. so as you can imagine when that team was announced at 2pm oh. about Danny Johnson our Twitter went on fire lots of tweets coming into us at or in out look at David Sears 3 sent the first and said no ZJ no JMD hmm <laughs> so you know I do understand I do understand some of the tenacity in people's thinking it is transfer window time when strikers get hashtag not hashtag quote injured yeah. Sometimes people can believe a different story. As far as we know, he's injured. No reason to believe that he's not injured. However, I do understand why people at home will be saying he's not injured. They're just saving him. No, he's but, gen- you know, he's genuinely time, injured. I've heard since. Time will tell on that one. If he, if he moves in January, he was never injured because no club would sign him. If he doesn't move, then he was injured. As far as I'm concerned, if we sell him on the 30th of Jan, then he wasn't injured to me because no club would sign him. Coming out of the. Elite, coming out of what they are saying out of this club time will tell on that one but I, I as it stands I completely 100% believe he is injured yeah no I genuinely 100% agree that he is as well I've got no qualms or doubts in my mind that he is genuinely unfortunately injured I don't think he would be the type of player that we would want to sell regardless of money <laughs> I, I just hope we don't have like schmocks on the 31st of January oh, yeah famous last words <laughs> isn't it <laughs> Uh, Lewis 15335405 said decent team but apart from Wilkinson I don't see where the goals are going to come from good to see Joby out there again sets us up for a good hard work inside time for Ruel to add to his only goal this season hopefully another clean sheet today I mean wow what a crystal ball you had Lewis very good tweet there from Lewis Dan Alton 259 so the big test for the rest of the attackers to see how they get on without the main man but the DJ news does hinder our chances of winning massively oh Dan you're too sceptical the tip in Tim said obviously gutted about DJ but really excited to see Ruel get a chance again Orient Meat Pie said I'm sure it's a coincidence that our top scorer is suddenly injured in the transfer window he must have Miles Judditis <laughs> <laughs> that's a brilliant tweet Alan Reeves too said hmm JMD is on his way then do we believe DJ is injured 
Usual complaint that Brophy is at left-back. Hope and goal is through the middle. He was scoring before his injury when he played there. Yeah, we said that a couple of times on this podcast. In pre-season, uh, he was flying through the middle, so no reason to believe that Liangol wouldn't be doing that when he played through the middle. Yeah. Karen Orion just kept it short, kept it sweet, so praying that Satoru takes his chance. Yes, uh, Ian Hutchinson, 08, said, needing some big performances and a good attitude from some today and stop relying on the same old faces. Good to see Dan Kemp involved in the squad. I'm hearing really good things about him. So the match kicked off with Yo's playing their first league match in two weeks and with Morecambe playing their first league game since Boxing Day at Cold Brisbane Road with just one league play separating the two teams as Ross's first game on the touchline following his period of isolation. And we'll fast forward to the 10th minute here. We're not going to do minute by minute, but we're just going to pick out some of the highlights. Morecambe had a chance to take the lead as a neat pass from the midfield. Saw Phillips have a shot which was low and going towards the bottom corner, but Lawrence Vigarou dived low to his right to push it out for a corner. And I think that actually, looking at it in real time, I think that was going wide. But actually, as a goalkeeper, I think you want to make sure it goes wide. So I think he made a brilliant call there. Good judgment there. Uh, Split-second decision that he, he had. And I made a note about 15 minutes in, and we've seen a lot of the ball so far. Patient possession football. If there isn't the right pass to play, we'll come back and reset and go again. Morecambe have been patient. They're very well organised, very well drilled, and they've literally put 10 or 11 men behind the ball. And this is my comment at 15 minutes in, which is, which was obviously an allusion to what was the whole whole game was going to be about. Yeah, the pattern of the game developed really early. Morecambe were very happy to put all 11 men behind the ball and say to us, look. You know, you're the home team, we're above you in the table, so you're going to have to come and you're going to have to crack us open and we're happy to, to sit back and take what you've got to throw at us. So there was a chance in the 19th minute as James Brophy's cross from the left found Connor Wilkinson, but his header was comfortably saved. We've been pressurising the Morecambe defence, literally camped in the final third uh, of, the, uh, of the pitch and in the 26th minute, Jovi McEnough won a free kick, took it, deflected high, and Royal Satoru's controlling touch saw the ball sit up for Craig Clay, who shot just over the bar, which I thought was a really good effort. Yeah, good effort there. Uh, Craig Clay went close again. He was getting into some decent positions for yeah. Craig Clay. He had his effort comfortably saved by Halstead in the 28th minute. And Clay again fancied his chances. This time from just outside the box on the half-hour mark, but his shot was deflected wide for a corner. So Craig Clay had three efforts on goal yes. in the first half-hour. So, you know, well done, Craigie. And I think that was a five-minute period that he had those three efforts as well. So, yeah. yeah, no, he was doing well there. Corner in the 32nd minute came to Dan Happy as Halstead made another routine save. 38th minute, then Connor Wilkinson cutting from the right. He went to free kick in a decent position, about 25 yards out. Joby McEnough stepped up. His free kick smashed the Morecambe defender in the face. So Joby and Connor have both been excellent, I think, this season at free kicks. I mean, in the first half, we had two free kicks in pretty decent positions, and both came to nothing, which I guess is a bit disappointing um, based on how skillful those two players are. Yeah, and credit to the media team, actually. I've got to say, they put out in their new E10 weekly show. Uh, a free kick competition uh, and penalty competition between Joby and Connor. And I thought that was really good to watch. Good, competi- good, a good, fun, competitive thing to see. So yeah, that was really good. Uh, 42 minutes on the clock now, and a superb through pass from Adam Phillips or Mendez Gomez in behind Dan Happy. And bearing in on gold, Lawrence Vigaru came out to close the angle down, made a very, very important save there. Great save from Vigru off his line very, very quickly, yes. uh, giving Gomez Mendes very little option. But for me, I think Happy 
was a bit slack there. Gets caught out again. I've seen Happy get caught out a few times um, this season. Not too recently, but you know, going back to the other game against Morecambe when they beat us two one, it was kind of ball over the top. But Mendes Gomez just ran off Happy, and he'd done the same again. But well played, Vigoru there. And one minute of time was added on, played out as the ref walks the half to a close with the game tied at nil nil. With Orient having a huge amount of possession, but nothing to show for it. Just to come back to the to that effort there as well. When Vigoru made that save, he could have potentially brought the guy down. That Their man, uh, Mendes Gomez, if he'd have gone down, potentially, although it wasn't a penalty, it wouldn't have been a penalty because Vigoru made the save. I've seen referees, if he had have gone down, it could have been a penalty and we'd be talking Absolutely. about a very, very different game. Yeah, um, I thought it was a good first half for us in terms of effort and desire to attack and possession football. We've been very strong in possession. Uh, the stats were showing us significantly higher, but Morecambe have been strong, resolute, disciplined in their defending. I think one goal will be enough to win it. Typical of a Derek Adams side is what I wrote at the time. And they're just like we said in the 15th minute, they are camping for, uh, you know, two solid banks and, and saying, come at us, we're going to make it really difficult for you. And, and this is, these are the sorts of teams that we need to try and find routes around. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's very patient. I think... It was a bit frustrating at points. I think we, we were just needing someone who could create create that chance. The final ball was just letting down. We couldn't find a way back uh, to get into their goal. But the second half kicked off. As was Embleton took his place in the gantry. Um, there was a bit of a, a kerfuffle, shall we say? Yeah. As, as the management teams were going in at half-time. So Ross wasn't sent off. He just decided to watch from the gantry. Four minutes into the second half, best sorry, chance just to, of the game. Sorry, just to clear that point up while you're on it, Ross said post-match uh, about that that incident was due to the fact that he was watching it uh, from a higher viewpoint because obviously he'd been watching it at home from a higher viewpoint, so uh, obviously through the camera. So um, he'd taken a route down to the front there, which he wasn't meant to have taken apparently because I think you need to keep separate, and Derek Adams took massive issue over it Ross apologised, he said. Um, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean to, he wasn't doing it to be disruptive. But Derek Adams carried on and had this bee in his bonnet about it and wanted to make a real issue over something that didn't need to be made an issue over. Talk about bitterness. Fair play. So, sorry, so you were saying four minutes, yeah. Into the second half, best chance of the game by country mile. And it really should have been 1 0 to Morecambe as they broke on the counter attack. Phillips, who played a few nice balls in actually to the yeah. front, um, front men, putting a perfect pass to Songo. Only Vigarou to beat. Ball perfectly paced into his feet. Took the shot. Put it wide from close range. For me, he really should have scored there. But I'm not a Morecambe fan. I'm an Orient fan. So I'm delighted that he didn't. Yeah, great. You're right. Great chance missed by them. That that should have been 1-0 them. And, and poor from us, really, for the defending side of things there. Um, we, should, we should be doing a lot better there. Particularly in such a tight game. We can't afford to ever switch off. We made our first change um, in the 56th minute as Usise was replaced by Hector Kiprianu. So that traditionally is quite an early sub for Orion. We don't really make subs that early. And just before the sub was made, Us had the ball, no pressure. And there was a basic pass that he played and he didn't play the pass. He, well, he passed the ball, but he passed it to, off the pitch, not to a player. And I think at that point, Ross and Danny had seen enough to go, right, take him off. And he was straight off that pitch and Hector on. So I have to applaud the sub there because it's easy to leave it's easy to leave players like established players on. 
when they're not doing so well, but they whipped him off, and I think that was completely the right choice there. So well done there to the management team. And in the 59th minute, O'Sullivan played a great cross from the right, but Wildick just couldn't direct his header on target. So even though we were still having the majority of the possession in the game, Morgan was still creating the, the better openings. Yeah, Ruel Satori went into the referee's book on the hour mark for a late challenge. Frustration there, pure frustration. Seeing exactly the same from the angle when yes. he plays on the yeah. Finds it difficult. I mean, Satori, when he had the ball, done okay. Showed his quick feet at points. They were double. They were doubling up on him. So he never really had the space. But again, for me, Satoru, you might see snippets of the best of Satoru out on the left, but you will not see the best of Satoru out on the left because he's a centre-forward, yeah. same as Liango. And just yeah. three minutes later, it was time to bring off Bruce Satoru, obviously on a booking, not involved in the game. His head came off and new signing Dan Kemp made his debut. Yeah, another chance for Morecambe in the 64th minute as Knight Percival won the first header from Wildig's corner and the ball came across to Songo, who was unmarked and his header from close range went straight to Lawrence Vigarou, fortunately. Oh my God. Oh, big, big, big chance there. Second big chance for Songo. I mean, again, they probably will look back on that and say they should have scored that and if it goes anywhere other than straight at Vigarou, it's a goal. But... When your luck's in, your luck's in. I think I'm going to talk about luck a bit, a bit after, but but fantastic for us. What yeah. are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I absolutely agree. On the one hand, how has he missed that? That is point blank range, and he should have scored that. On the other hand, thank God for Vigaru being in the right place and being alert enough to catch it. Um, I've yeah, absolutely. So that's two chances, clear cut, goal mouth chances that they've had. We can't keep letting this happen because on another day, if Lawrence Vigaru has an off day, then we're being punished. Oh yeah, of course we're better striker. Correct. Yeah. 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 Twenty five yeah, minutes. Next 25 minutes saw the same pattern of the match. No real chances to talk about. Orient had the majority of the possession without really creating much or, or hurting Morecambe. Morecambe looking to counter-attack, obviously, at every opportunity. So let's fast forward into the 88th minute. And the O's finally broke the deadlock. A sounding throwing came to Tunji Akinola on the right. He sent a peach of a cross into the box. Lots of bodies went up for the header. Knight Percival from Morecambe won the header but the ball flew into his own goal at the far post to make it 1-0 to the Orient. Finally, we've broken them down. And well done to Tunji. That was a great searching cross. Yeah, that was fully fully deserved. Yeah. I mean, at about 85 minutes, I think I just conceded that it was going to be a 0-0 game and we'd be talking about a board draw. But, we, you know, like you said, that was fully deserved. There was, we were looking to win it. We'd had the ball. Um, and a great finish from that person. Well, great header. Yeah, really great header, and I thought my um, half-time note about one goal being enough was was spot on. But let's let's not dwell on that one because there were four <laughs> minutes of added time, uh, and in the ninety-second minute, the second minute of added time, Liango doubled our lead uh, lead as a long ball from Dan Happy was miscontrolled by Liango. Craig, either Craig Clay or Connor Wilkinson challenged and saw um, and sort of pushed the ball forwards. Uh, which saw Joby McEnough race on and place a low cross to the near post where Lee Angle was lurking and he smashed the ball in from close range at the near post to make it 2-0 to the Orient. Good finish there by Angle, game over, another assist for Joby. That kind of yeah. makes it sound a bit more comfortable than what it was, but I'll take that all day long. And 2-0, yeah, job done. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100% agree with you. That was a good goal and I think you needed that. 
I think we all agree oh, oh, that, yes. that, that, yeah, that that needed for yeah, that, that goal will do absolute wonders for Angle's um, confidence and a great celebration there where he kind of ran off and told no one to go near him because of the obviously the imposed rules about yes. celebrating I like the high-fiving you. the virtual high-fiving yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your teammates so wrapped up in the 92nd minute the referee brought the game to a close shortly after as Orient took all three points with another home win by winning the game 2-0 and another clean sheet so Ross Embleton spoke to Dave Victor after the game we're going to not play the whole interview which is available on the club's YouTube channel but we are going to play two snippets of the interview first of all we're going to listen to Ross on his views on the Morecambe game well, Voss, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. That was a big performance and a massive win. Yeah, I think, first of all, massive win. Uh, and I thought, full first half. I mean, it, what I would say is that the Morecambe paid us huge respect in terms of the way they set up in the first half, but felt we really controlled the game. There wasn't a lot of space in terms of creating out-and-out chances. I think we thought we had a few snapshots from the edge of the box. and uh, But we, we were obviously in real, real control of the game. Um, so... Obviously, then second half, they sort of come out a little bit more. And if I'm brutally honest, I think they probably had the most clearest chances until we scored in the game. But I think overall, we, you know, we deserve to, to win the game. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really pleased for the boys that we've done that and kept a clean sheet. It was Lee Gold stepping in in place of the injured uh, leading marksman, Dan Johnson, that secured the maximum points. Yeah, uh, Lee's um, probably... F- I would be frustrated if I was Lee Gold in terms of... Uh, the start to the season for him was very, very good. His pre-season was excellent. I thought he looked a real threat. Um, and then Dan scores the goals that he scores. And then Lee finds himself injured and slightly out of position at times. And he's done a very good job for us and shown real discipline for me without it being you know, all starry for him right now. So um, I was delighted that he gets his chance down the middle, despite the fact that we, um, we, we do that at the expense of losing our, our top goal scorer. But, um, so when you do that and that happens, I'm extremely happy for, for Lee that he contributes with, with, with a goal today. So that was Ross talking about the game yesterday. Uh, the next part of Ross's interview that we're going to play is Ross talking about transfer activity, which we thought was probably worth playing. It's about just over two-minute snippet. So here's Ross talking to Dave Victor about transfer activity. Is joining him? I would very much expect so. Um, we're working on, on a couple. I think people will probably know some of the areas that we want to strengthen. But I think uh, if we can do that uh, within the um, constraints or the, you know, the limitations that are put in place because of the salary capping both now and, and in the future, we'd love to be able to do that. So we've been working this week. We were very close to, to extending the amount of players that we'd, we'd signed and and, and hopefully if we can do things well this week we, we might see one, maybe two new faces and Maybe some departures as well I know there's a lot of uh, clubs linked uh, a lot of rumours about uh, Jordan Maguire-Drew Yeah, Jordan Maguire-Drew, I would expect there'd be a number of players, uh, clubs interested in Jordan Maguire-Drew We like Jordan Maguire-Drew It's been very unfortunate for Jordan that Connor's had such a good season You know, Statistically, the goals that Connor gets his contribution today has been very very good, it's made it tough for Jordan to get into the team and a boy at his age, I think um, when you look at um, the, you know, the salary issues, the salary caps, all the things that are going with football and what we're living through at the moment, it's a very vulnerable state for people to be in if you're out of contract at the end of the season. So 
If I was another manager, I'd certainly be interested in Jordan Maguire. Drew, you know, I haven't, I, he's not one that you would, um, you, you know, that you want to look elsewhere. But at the same time, he's a very talented boy, and he, he you know, he needs to look about what, he, what his future is going to look like. And there'll be clubs interested in late night's top goal scorer Dan Johnson. How serious is his injury? I think it's, the answer to your question is yes. I, I would be interested in him. Um, be part of why he signed for us. So uh, yeah, definitely would be interested in him. I think um, his injury is not as serious as we thought. I think everybody will probably remember the touch and the tackle that he got hit with uh, against Salford and he sort of tried to work his way through it in the last week or so and it hasn't been able to happen. So we've had him scanned and there's an issue there. If it was a normal season, I'd probably say that Dan might be back within two or three games. It could be three or four games. We've, 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 we... It's, it's lesser than we thought it was going to be should we say that uh, trying to be as transparent as I can be with everybody so um, he's, he's certainly going to miss the next couple but we'd hope that it's not much more than that Thank you very much indeed there to Dave Victor as always for providing us with that interview and I think Ross Ross talks a lot of sense there Yeah it was good there good, interesting that's the first time I've heard that so it was interesting to see him allude to the challenge that actually injured Danny Johnson so it was there for all to see. I remember that challenge quite clearly. So if that is the challenge that they're saying injured Danny Johnson. So mm. hopefully that puts the naysayers maybe in mind that he's a bit more than what they did before they started listening um, to this podcast. So the league table in, that win sees us move up into the Giddy Heights, Mr Levy. We are in the playoff spot, seventh in League Two. We have currently played 23 games. 11 drawn three, lost nine. A goal difference of plus nine, which is great goal difference. 36 points. Yes, indeed. Worth noting that Cambridge occupy third place and are only two points ahead of us. Yes, I will play devil's advocate on that one and Go say on <laughs> Crawley, Exeter, Morecambe, all below us, played less games and are all within touching distance. I mean, it's so tight at the top of that division. It could all be very different within three. I mean, if we win the next three games, we could be top of the league. If we lose the next three games, we could be like completely out of the playoff pitch. So, chopping and changing all the time. But, you know, you can only win what you play. And that's what Leighton Orient are doing at the moment. Absolutely. Which is what we all want. So, bearded legend, what were your views on yesterday's game? I thought it was a hard game. I don't think that's an unobvious thing to say. I thought it was really challenging. And I thought we did well. I think that they didn't leave us many pockets to exploit. That's just the Derek Adams side. I think he's done very, very well on a very low budget there. You know, they're not one of the biggest clubs in the league. I think, they're, you know, even they'll say that they're punching above their weight in terms of their their, their position in the league. 74% possession is what we had yesterday. And we've come away with two goals. Was it pretty at times? No. Was it, come on, let's get make this game exciting? Yeah for lots of different periods throughout that. But if more can come and park the bus, there's only so much that you're going to be able to do. And by all accounts, they did that against Chelsea on uh, in the FA Cup midweek as well. So I think that's an absolute respect from them to us, knowing that we could really punish them and really hurt them. That said, you know, we've scored two good goals there. Uh, all right, all right, one's an own goal, but sometimes Lady Luck's on your side. We had two other pieces of luck that meant that they missed the goal their golden opportunities from point blank range so you know some days your luck's in and some days your luck's not in so we yesterday our luck was in the fact that we've also kept a clean sheet I mean Tunji's a little bit of a lucky charm he's played last three games on the trot for us and um uh, and, and, and kept clean sheets but actually I looked and we obviously allude to it in our interview his last four games on the trot that he's played for us he's kept four clean sheets so long may that continue and as we said earlier 
you know, having Liang goal um, playing in his favoured centre forward position and getting that goal, I can see Dan Johnson scoring that kind of goal as well. Um, late in the game, maybe Morecambe switch off or they're a bit tired from all the chasing of the ball that they've had to do. Um, but again, seeing late on in the game, temperament issues with Lee, shoving players or getting in faces of other players and almost looking to get sent off or looking to get a booking. Maybe he wasn't, but he's just got to sort that side of his game out. Uh, otherwise, it's going to get him in trouble. And, and as he's in a particularly... Uh, pivotal point in his contract with us in that it runs out in the summer he's really got to get his head down and just keep himself good and, and, and get the goals that he needs to then force Martin and Ross to give him a new contract because we can't afford him to go to an opponent um, anyone who doesn't think that this was a good performance by us I think really needs to think about how they think about football just my opinion but some days you're not going to get the free flowing football that you want to be seeing because the opposition set up in such a way to stop that and this was one of those days um, people will always find something to moan or complain about how our game about our game but you know you're, you're playing against the team that, that want to stop you from doing what you're trying to do so I think there needs to be a little bit of level headedness sometimes um, your view sir? I, mean, I it, was so, it was solid it was good it wasn't amazing but it was good is what I think I would say about it I mean, we've alluded to it we've seen Plenty of late on sides not have luck go their way. And I think over the last three or four games, luck's really been shining on us. Obviously, the Salford game where uh, Sante missed, you know, from two yards out, and then Johnson scores a wonder goal almost. And then, you know, yesterday where Morgan should really have taken one, at least one of their two chances, and then we break the deadlock uh, by um, an own goal. So luck is definitely shining on us. So I, you know, mate, continue. I think probably. Last season, this game ends nil nil. Like we, we would have seen it out at nil nil, and not be talking about a win. But I think you can see how much the team has developed now in the last year. I think we've talked, spoken about the angle. I'm very happy he's got a goal. I think had he not scored, he'd probably get a lot more slaughtered post match. Yeah. Than what he would. I think it'd be a very different outlook had he not scored, and more people would be calling for Sirio to lead the line in the next match but you know I'm very happy he scored hopefully that is the first of many and it starts a little confident run for Lee I thought Vigoru as normal was absolutely superb Yeah, you know makes a great save in the first half just before half time and makes a pretty vital save in the second half I thought Kemp when he came on done very well he's got a very intelligent brain he was, he was making some very good runs there's a few times where Brody tried to find him making a run around the back and it just didn't come off. So I think the Kemp Brophy relationship could be a very dynamic duo on our left hand side. Uh, but another clean sheet, brilliant. You know, three points, winning games, absolutely no complaints from yeah. me on that game. You know, two 0 job done, brilliant. Great shout on Lawrence Vigaru. The amount of points that that guy's won for us oh, should not be yeah. underestimated. You know, he's up there with Danny Johnson for me for player of the season. Um, just because of the amount of points he's helped us win. You can't really quantify it um, like you can with Danny Johnson, but absolutely no, great Yeah, shout. I mean, no disrespect, no disrespect to Sam Sargent, but if, if, if Vigo takes a knock, right, or ends up being, like, or leaves the club, then, uh, you know, Vigo leaving would be, would be as bad as me, for me as Danny Johnson leaving. Yeah. I think he's, for me, he's that key to the squad. He's that important. He's clearly... There's a couple of players in the squad who are clearly better than League Two level, and Lawrence Vigor is clearly better than League Two level. 
Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. I think that it, he's, yeah. he's all day long a League One club. Yeah, it was like it was like the first. I remember. I clearly remember the first time I saw mm. Olin Yakupovic. <laughs> not to go back too many years, mm. playing for us. Yeah, and within five minutes, I remember saying to you, like, yeah. what is what is he doing here? Like, oh, he's, yeah. clear, he's clearly too good to be here. And so just enjoy him while he's here. You know, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm the same with Vigor. I love him to be here. So I hope he signs a new contract. Very yeah. key for <clears throat> I'd be upset if, if there wasn't an announcement soon that him and Dan Johnson have been tied down to yeah. new deals. Um, I think they'll, they'll be part of the backbone, the spine of our team. If we are either to get out of this league or do get out of this league, they are League One capable, you know, which is something that... Um, that Ken Teague mentions about yeah. having players who are next next level ready. Um, obviously, we got a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everybody who sent their views into our social media accounts. And again, we do try and read out as many as we can in the podcast. But just because we do, it doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with them. Yeah, so let's do this. So I am underscore MO. So it's always nice to be at team. Had no interest in playing since the first minute. Yeah, Boats, he said, results like this are massive. Not a great watch, but up to seventh and three points off the top. Great ball for Makinola from the first, and great to see Liango score. Our possession football has been great today. Great battle, and did it all without DJ. Great point that we haven't picked up on or mentioned, really, is the fact that Dan Johnson didn't play, and we've won well. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, Ed Jones, 1976, has a great win against the tough side, especially as everyone else drew in the playoffs, three points off top. That's another good point. Yes. A lot, pretty much every other game in the division, apart from Barrow, who aren't really around the top, ended in a draw. So, you know, we've pulled away a few points from teams who are around us in the league. So, good point there. Yeah, great point. Parksy, 18, eight, uh, Parksy 1881 said, I won't be buying the DVD, but Morecambe came for a nil-nil or a one-nil, and they paid the price late on. Fair play to Ango in the last 10 minutes. On to the next one, please. Matt J. Nash said, three informed teams in a row dispatched, all to nil. A bit fortunate they missed a couple of chances, but still a decent win against a well-organised side. Stonemeister said, well done, the boys. Morecambe sat behind the ball for most of the match and we didn't really have the answer to that, but tenacity won the day. Our midfield substitutes looked like they had real potential for the future. Yeah, good points there about Hector, who kind of, we haven't really mentioned Hector. Hector. did not know when he came on, to be fair to Hector. So did Dan Kemp. So good point there. At Daniel underscore D44. Says, Morecambe got what they deserved. That was hard work, but I think we just deserved that. I was screaming at the TV for Link to bung in a long throw just before Akinola put in that cross. Three clean sheets in a row, and Kipriano should start ahead of Cissé. Les LK52 said, All the possession would be a travesty had we not won. Still would like to see us get a big target man in the window, as a lot of the time we don't seem to have a plan B to break teams down. A word for Vigoru, he makes saves that allow us to stay in games. An absolute star keeper. Well said, Les. Yeah, great point there from Les. David Rickard AC said, That is a fantastic result against a solid team. We are looking like a much better side and heading in the right direction. Well chuffed for Leanne Goal too. Rayleigh Dave said, A great three points from a game we never looked like winning as we lacked tempo and creativity against a well-organised side. Kemp looks good. He's lively and runs off the ball. Let's hope that's infectious. Yeah, good point there. Slay Simmons, what I said about Kemp, Kemp made some very intelligent runs off the ball, and if he and Brophy can get an understanding on that left, then that, 
that could be massive for us. Kevin Cowlin said, get it. An ugly win against a horrible negative side, but good teams win ugly. We're a good team and well coached. So glad we didn't appoint Adams. I'd hate to watch that every week. Yeah. Joby has the chance to create his own history by captaining this team to do promotions. I think, Kev, I may be wrong. I'm sure it was Josh Coulson who captained us that season, but I could be wrong there. That feels like such a long time ago. Oh, that's a good question. I think it was Josh. I'm, I'm sure it was Josh. It wasn't Joby. Why wouldn't it have been Joby? Because it was I, Josh. No, but why wouldn't Joby have been captain? I thought Josh was a vice-captain. No idea. If you know, mm. give us a tweet or an outlet and stop us yeah. rambling on about... And, and, <laughs> Speaking of someone who will know, up next, Pandemonium1881 yes. said, anyone who thinks that actually wasn't a good performance is crazy. Okay, may not have been the most exciting, but we remained patient and disciplined and got our reward. Yes, we needed a bit more in the attacking third, but they were organised and happy to defend for 90 minutes, trying to hit us on the break. But to grind them down is hard at this level. However, whilst you can call it a bit of luck with the OG... We created it and deserved it. Superb performance, most players and all the management today. Hashtag well done. Tweet there from Matt. Up next, Molly Folly, 2019, one of Ross's biggest critics, who said great win, but average performance. They had 25% possession and should have put the game to bed with three golden chances. We got away with it. No formational plan B. We didn't create enough. Is Ross becoming a lucky manager? I hope so. It's the only thing he's got going for him. It can't be luck if we are consistently at the top end of the table. It how can that be luck? I don't understand how the word luck is slipped into that sentence. I, d I, don't, I don't get it. We've spoken about luck, Paul. I get that tweet. I've got to say I get that. We spoke about how lucky we were at points in that game. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. But it, 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 over a consistent period of time, that's kind of how it is, right? You, you can't be you can't be lucky that you're you're in you, you win the league, can it? It can't be lucky that you make the playoffs, can it? Surely, you have a sprinkling of you have a sprinkling of <laughs> luck. In, you have a sprinkling of luck in games, and then other times you're playing well and you're beating teams because you deserve to win. It can't be we've luck. Def we've definitely been lucky in the last two games. Whether Lady Luck shines on us for the rest of the season remains to be seen. Orange Sphincter said, hung in there, kept going, said it all along. We've got some very good players for this league. Let's be honest, it's a woeful division. Long may it continue. Trousers, a techno. So it's simply glad you do not need to play more come every week. Still need to play with more pace and movement to break teams like this down. Credit to Lee, who was key to both goals, and a good start from Dan Kemp too, who was lively. Onwards and upwards, we are gathering momentum. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, we're quite lucky in a way. Due to the way the pitches are working, we've had, we're going to have a four home games on the trot. We're starting to turn Brisbane Road into a right fortress. So, yeah. you know, potentially, momentum's a very, very key word. If, if, if and hopefully next Saturday, if we win, you know, before wins on the bounce I mean confidence must be absolutely flying you would imagine in the dressing room if that is that if that is to happen absolutely and I think there's a few players with a point to prove that actually care and want to prove and want a contract extension and want to be at a club like Orient who have been probably one of the best run clubs in the league um, and the best communicative club in the league you know involving the players in decisions having weekly zooms with the players I don't know how many other clubs are doing that uh, probably not that many 
Um, so to be paid on time, to be paid, paid properly, to be treated properly and fairly and well, well, say fairly, to be treated like a human being rather than just a commodity, which I think a lot of other clubs just assume that they're, you know, they're just players, you know, they're, they're disposable. We have a very human view on things um, and want to treat people properly and want them to enjoy their time at our club. And I think that players know that from, you know, they're all experienced and want to be here for the longer term. Um, Kid, so they're all playing for something, really. Um, Kid Sampson O said, swimming against the tide as per usual, but I thought the better side lost. Impressed with their game plan, a far better drilled side than us, who should have been 3-0 up before we fluked the opener. We have much more talented players than Morecambe, but little idea how to use them. Well, it's an interesting angle. Tweet there, yeah. MS Orient said Vigaru is a pivotal player, probably the best we have had since Hilt. Great shot stopper, and his whole awareness of the game is excellent, including his distribution. What a keeper we have at the O's. Yeah, prove you there, Mark. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, said, an unlikely win with Morecambe Park in the bus, but a great ball in by Akinola, an angle showing that he can be lethal when he's facing the opposition's goal. Would add that it's about time Cissé was hauled off and hope Hector gets a good run of games now. Yeah, good tweet there from Vince. LFC Teresa said, well done to the O's, as hard work paid off. Another clean sheet despite Morecambe's chances. Clay on fire with shots on goal, and I loved Tunji's assist. Angle needed a goal. I hope this may be the start of something better for him. A deserved win. Matty H L O F C said Morecambe blew their chances but remained resolute until we had a slice of luck with the opening goal. We weren't anywhere near our best and yet still picked up all three points. Positive signs. Absolutely. Leighton underscore ES kept it short and sweet when he tweeted us and saying only Carlisle won more games than Orient in League Two this year. Great oh, stat. That is. is a great stat. That that is a genuinely great stat. We've won eleven and Carlisle have won twelve. Yeah, Newport eleven, Cambridge eleven. Um, and that's it, yeah. No, that's a very that's good all. That's all. Very good stato late in there. Uh, Orient underscore Ed said, a good win, even if the match will not live long in the memory. Could have been so much different if Morecambe scored their big chance. However, by and large, a solid team performance and a clean sheet to boot. Extra shout out to Akinola. He's been excellent. Not too much longer now to wait for Akinola, folks. He'll be on in about five minutes at Essex Biz. So that's a fantastic win. It's always hard to break teams down who park the bus. You have to show resolve, patience, and above all, take the chance when it comes your way. Another three points in the bag and a huge game against Forest Green. Yeah, final word this week goes to Bendy Bollard, who said, we were the better side, we took our chances. Another good win. We were, sorry, now we are in the playoffs and in a bang average division, we have a chance of success if we push on. Come on, you O's. Love it. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets we've read out. So thank you to everyone who tweeted us at Orient Outlook. And if you agree or disagree, let us know by giving us the tweets at Orient Outlook. Or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. And we are also on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. We most certainly are. So we now move on to the at Design Cadby Prediction League update. Our sponsors, Design Cadby, specialise in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design. And they, uh, all of this, uh, sorry, all Orient fans get a 15% discount. You can find James on social media at Design Cadby. He's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram with that handle as well. And you can email James if you have any inquiries or queries or would like to ask him any questions. It's hello at jamescadby.com. 
So we say a well done yesterday to Taser Junior, Orange Finder, Design Cabby himself, Elvis Memphis, <laughs> LOFC underscore Dan, Steve White LOFC, Neil 33, Grunter Posty, Barry Twin, Matty LOFC Evans, Matty Sari, Chris W underscore one, Ben Porter CT, Rob MCC 68, Charlie underscore Paul, DeWard underscore seven, David Landau 17, and Rob J Bennett, who all predicted 2 0. So they all got three points. But we say an extra well done to J Boy 4444 and Big TB47, who predicted 2 0 and a scorer. So get four points. Nobody predicted own goal. <laughs> and angle so no one took the maximum five points so well done to everyone and that means the top of the design cabin prediction league is very tight as Dan Orton 2590 and David Lander lead the way jointly on 23 points they're followed in 20 points in second place by Wadzi and in third place we have John Band 6306-5473 and at Ozfan Basing so thank you to everyone who predicted their score predictions in and remember Three hours before kickoff at every Orient game, we put out a prediction tweet. So if you fancy it and it sounds like fun, come and predict the score and scorers and see if you can predict correctly. Absolutely, absolutely. I did see somebody tweet in a prediction with own goal in it, but obviously they didn't get the right scoreline. But that's quite a brave thing to do. So <laughs> earlier on today, we were lucky enough, uh, thanks very much indeed to Luke and Dan, uh, in the media team for setting this up. We caught up with Assist King from yesterday, Tunji Akinola. Very, very interesting young man. And uh, here's what Tunji had to say. So Tunji, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. Lovely to have you on the pod. So let's start with the summer. So how did your move to the O's come about? Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so the move to Orient, it was kind of one of the ones where it's like it happens over a long period of time. So I'd heard about the interest initially towards the start of the transfer window. And then as things develop, you know, I just heard more and more. And obviously with the 23s at West Ham, we played against Leighton Orient in pre-season, which we, which we won. And then after that game, because my, my manager at the 23s is good friends with Ross. So he told me about potential interest. And then from then on, it just kept developing and and I think Ross tries to push it through and, and yeah, towards the end of the transfer window. I think I joined on the 6th of October from right. And yeah, so it just the interest just developed over the window and yeah, I was happy to finally complete it. What what made you want to join Orient? Was it the fact that it was a, it was local to West Ham, so there wouldn't be a lot of relocation and the chance to potentially play men's football or what what sort of motivates you to, to do that? It's not even just about the location thing to be fair, because I said to like even to my dad, like I wanted to go anywhere, you know, if that means Scotland or wherever, just to get regular men's football, you know, I'm at that age when that's that's going to be the, the main thing for me and for my development. So as soon as I heard about this interest and, and how Ross, you know, put it out to me and how he wanted the team to play and how he wanted me to fit into the team, you know, everything just seemed right. And, and now, like I, like I said, you know, my aim was to get regular men's football and I'm doing that with, with 14 appearances so far. And, and yeah, obviously it's added bonus being in London and, being able to still have my mum's cooking at home, so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lovely, yeah. But what's the? We mentioned you were part of the West Ham under twenty threes, and they've done traditionally have done really, really well. Now you're playing men's football in League Two. What's the main difference between playing under twenty threes football and making the step up to League Two football? Yeah, the, the difference is quite big, to be honest with you. Um, in twenty threes. All, all of our training and stuff is geared towards, you know, what we do with the ball. It's quite technical, um, quite tactical. 
Whereas when you come here, you know, it's about three points, you know, however you win, however, you know, sometimes it might be ugly, you know, sometimes the pitches won't be great, but it's about getting those three points and getting results on the board. You know, you're going to come against different teams that, that want to do different things that will stop you. Whereas in 23s, you know, a lot of the teams are similar and, and they want to play nice football and, and be expansive and stuff. But that's the, the big difference I've, I've felt is like the physical side and the, the desire to win, which is which is what, what is so important at this level. You've played in a couple of positions uh, for for us uh, recently in, in, in the times that you've played with us. What's actually your preferred position? Where do you feel most comfortable? Yeah, obviously, since I was young, I've played centre-back for the majority of my time. I have obviously played in both full-back positions as well, and, and I'm happy to do that for the team, you know, because, you know, wherever I can get games is, 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 is important to me, just that I'm on the pitch. But yeah, if you ask me what, where I'm most comfortable, where I prefer, I feel like centre-back, I'm... I'm strongest and I can bring most of the team, yeah. Has anyone at the club taken you under their wing? Obviously, we know Ross is a really good kind of man-manager. You've got Danny Sender. You've got the more experienced pros like Josh Colson in defence is a really good kind of person to go up to. Joby leads by example. Was there anyone who's really kind of, you look up to and go, wow, like, this is who I want to be and aspire to be like? Uh, well, as soon as I joined in, to be honest with you, everyone was so welcoming and, and made it good for me, you know, so to pick out one individual wouldn't be, wouldn't reflect on how it was because everybody literally, you know, made me feel part of the team. Obviously, as captain, Joby, from the first day, you know, he had a good long talk with me and, and told me what things are like at the club and how I could, you know, contribute to the team. And obviously, with his age and his experience, you know, I look up to him a lot because the way he has an impact on the boys, you know, how he talks in the changing room, how he leads us on the pitch. He's, yeah, he's been very good for me, so I've learned a lot from him. Like you said, Josh Coulson, when I was playing with him in defence, again, a lot of experience, so he was talking me through the games. Even Dan Happy, he's my age, but he's played almost 100 games, I think, at senior level, so his talking, you know, beside me on the pitch as well. But we've got, you know, we've got a lot of experienced players, Craigie, um, Cease, you know, we've got a lot of experience, so they all kind of have helped me, you know, in my, in my time here. Good to hear. Um, you came into the team. You did pretty well in the games that you were, you did well in the games that you played. Kept a couple of clean sheets at the start, and then we didn't see you in the team. And and Ross went with his preferred pairing of Josh Coulson and and Dan Happy. How, as a young player, I mean, obviously whichever age you are, but obviously your first kind of real great saw you then out of the side how do you how do you cope with that how did you deal with not being in the side yeah I think you just have to stay professional like that all the time you know it's part of football you're gonna you're gonna have periods when you're playing a lot and you're gonna have periods when you're not so much but um I think it's just how you stay professional keep training hard keep training well and make sure that you're ready when you get a chance again so that's something I, I, I look to do I look to train hard even when I wasn't playing to make sure that, you know, if anyone gets injured or if, you know, suspensions happen, I'm ready to go straight back in and, and contribute to the team positively. So keeping your head up, keeping your focus on and making sure that you're working hard to give Ross that headache. Yeah. Those are all so important things, you know. And I think as well, when you're when you're a player in the team, you know, it's much better when you see the boys that are on the bench and they're much more, you know, head up, positive, supportive of the team. It just makes everyone, you know, on the same page and pushing in the same direction so I felt like if I can um, you know keep pushing the boys that are playing help them to keep getting good results it's only going to be good for me when I come back in the team so yeah 
And you mentioned coming back in the team, and you certainly did that as we faced Southend United at home, uh, and we won the game two nil. Followed it up with a really good performance and a win against Salford one nil. And obviously yesterday's game uh, against Morecambe, a good one nil win. So three games back for you since you've been recalled. Three wins, three clean sheets, and assist yesterday. Doesn't get much easier than that, does it, Sanji? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know that's that's football. Sometimes things fall away, and fortunately, since I've come back in, um, yeah, we we played really well. And the three clean sheets, obviously, as you mentioned, is it's very important to me, and that's something that I, I go into every game trying to trying to achieve. And so, yeah, that's been really positive. The way the team's played has been really positive as well, you know. So that just gives me a, a platform to go and do my stuff as well when all the players around you are doing well. So yeah, it's been a good three games, but. We, we know that the tougher challenges are ahead of us. So if we want to be a team that really, you know, fights up at the top end of the table, then we've got to keep doing it consistently, not just have three games good and three games bad. You know, we need to keep the keep the consistency going. So Forest Green on Saturday is a big, big challenge. You know, they're, they're around us in the table and it was a tough game when we played them away earlier in the season. So games like that is when we really need to stand for authority and, and continue this good form that we're on. Picking up on what Steve said before, your last three games on the bounce for us have been uh, clean sheets, but your unbeaten run stretches back to your last game with us uh, against Bradford, where we won 1-0. So you've actually got sort of four in four that you've actually played. And you've played 14 games for us, and 50% of those have been clean sheets, which is immensely impressive, um, to be fair, for a, a stat for a defender. What's been your toughest match so far for you? Toughest match. Um, it's a it's a close one between Newport at home in the FA Cup and Forest Green away. As I said, I think among among the teams that I've played against, those two have had like a, a definite style of play and and they implemented it well and they had good experienced players both of them and good physical sides, good athletes. So yeah, that those two were tough. I think maybe Newport would edge it just slightly because they they have very good quality this season and. And they look like a team that really know what they're doing. So I'd say I'd say that one. And this week, the O's made their first signing of the January transfer window. We brought in Dan Kemp on a two and a half year deal. So obviously, you've played with Dan at under twenty three level. You know Dan well. So tell us a bit about Dan Kemp. What will Dan Kemp bring bring to Leighton Orient? I know him very well, actually. To be fair, he was at Chelsea before when he was younger. And I was at West Ham since I was nine. So even when we were like nine, ten years old, we used to play against each other. And I always knew he was he was one of the boys that were, could be dangerous on his day. And then when we were like seventeen, he joined me at the academy at West Ham. So we've been we've been playing together from seventeen till about till this season, like 21, 22. So I know him well. And yeah, he's a he's a he's a tricky winger. He likes to get the ball in, in pockets, as we said before, and he likes to get the ball one v one and take on his man and create stuff. I feel like he's a player that can play on the right or the left or in the number 10. And he's effective at, you know, creating a lot of chances and getting goals. So hopefully he can bring that to this team for the rest of the season and in the future as well. A real nightmare for, for defenders like you, Pete. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so... We've already stated that you know you, you've been um, 14 games in in uh, in the side. Um, I guess this might sound like an obvious question, and I think I'm, I know what you're going to answer it. But what are your aims and targets for the rest of this season? Uh, rest of the season, I just want to continue to get games. As I said before, um, that's where I'm. That's where I feel like I learn the most and develop the most. So to play as much as I can, wherever whatever position that may be. 
um, to continue to, you know, put in good individual performances for myself, you know, to keep pushing myself forwards and as well for the team just to continue the consistency that we're on right now, you know. Clean sheets that we can get, you know, is, is brilliant for a defender, as many wins as we can get. And for me, ideally, promotion is, is something that, that would be would be amazing for us. And But it's something that I really think is achievable. You know, with the talent we have in the squad, I feel like promotion is definitely on the cards, whether that be automatic or through the playoffs. I feel like that's, that's something that will, will define our season and I think it's something that we can achieve. Fingers crossed, Tindri. Fingers crossed the promotion comes on the cards. And fingers crossed, you know, you can keep up a 50% clean sheet rate, which would be absolutely amazing. Starting next week with Forest Green, absolutely. And just, just for the record, Tindri, just to be clear, you are going to claim that yesterday, that it's not an assist. It's You're going to claim that goal. Thanks very much, Tunji, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. So that was Tunji Akinola speaking to yours truly and my great friend, Mr. Nussbaum, earlier on in the day. What an interesting, what a great guy he is, and he comes across so well. And there was a bit of interruption there. I think that was that wasn't from either of us. I think that was probably from Tunji's home. Um, I think he says sort of he lives lives at home with his with his family. So again, it's it's a great move for him, and it, it's paying dividends, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, really nice guy. Really, you know, feet feet on the ground, great head on his shoulders, and hopefully he'll have a, a really successful career. I'd quite like I'd quite like to sign him actually in January. Yeah. So you listen back, mate. Come on, get that pen out, sign that contract, <laughs> mate. Ross, let's, let's get that going. Get it sorted, so thank Ross. You to <laughs> Thank you to Luke. Thank you to Dan for making that happen. We hope you all enjoyed that. So I don't know how long this podcast has been going on for because I can't see. One hour seventeen. Mister Levy's house, but at one hour seventeen, let's wrap this bad boy up over fantasy football update. Then, so Paul Baker is top of the on outlook podcast fantasy football league. He's currently eleven points ahead of Pat Morgan in second place. I've had a stunning couple of weeks. I proudly sit tenth place out of 295 plays thank you to everyone who plays in our fantasy football league and hopefully you'll see me break the top five next week although i reckon i'll be like 30th next week but we'll see what happens we'll see man city beat palace 4-0 tonight so anyone with man city players who scored tonight will be will be very pleased with themselves so positives and negatives this week so we've got three positives and just the one negative uh, start off with the positives, as always. A hard-fought win, making it three home wins on the bounce. Uh, yeah. We've got a clean sheet for our efforts today as well. And we also think a huge positive and exciting signing is 22-year-old Dan Kemp. So he's just a year younger than Jordan Maguire, Drew. Similar sort of players, both footed, preferred out on the left. See what happens there. Yeah, some really big positives there. Just the one negative... And you don't have to be an Einstein to work out what the one negative is. It's obviously Danny Johnson's injury. So we obviously wish Danny a very, very speedy recovery here at Orient Outlook Podcast Tower. So time then to move on to our Hero of the Week. Although it's going to be Heroes of the Week this week. So our Heroes of the Fortnite, I guess. Because obviously it's been a fortnight. I guess our Heroes of the Fortnite are Mr Levy. We're going to give it to Colin James, the ground staff, and everybody who helped protect the pitch and get yesterday's game on. Well done to everyone, all the volunteers, all the staff, everybody that helped to to ensure that happened. Great, great team effort. 
Yeah, had we lost, they wouldn't be our heroes of the week. Because... <laughs> next, week's fixture, next week's fixtures then, there's only the one fixture for us next week, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Next Saturday, the 23rd of January, is our rearranged game hosting Forest Green Rovers. They drew yesterday, one all with Port Vale at home. They're currently fourth in the league, just two points ahead of us, having won one, drawn three and lost one in their last five games. So that would be an interesting game. Yeah, massive game. So time in to end the podcast with our sponsorship reminder. So don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Instagram, Big Ads on OFC on Twitter, or give Adam and the boys an email or look at their shiny new website for the best plastering and rendering prices around. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us in this episode 231. And after a week off due to the weather, we returned to action and took all three points in a hard-fought game at home to Morecambe. We set themselves up to be difficult to break down and stop us from playing um, and ideally trying to counter-attack us at the same point. But it didn't work. All the players worked hard, were well-organised, and we scored two late goals to win the game 2-0 and take all three points to move us into the playoff spots. The fixtures don't get any easier. Forest Green Rovers are up next. We'd all love to get one over Mark Cooper and Ebu Adams by beating a team above us in the league. And hopefully this time next week, we'll be talking about another home win and three points for the mighty Leighton Orient. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. We've got 90 reviews now. We'd love to get to 100. And we know there's a lot more than 100 people listening on iTunes. So come on, get those fingers out, get those star ratings in and those comments in. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in and Stitcher. Add us to your favourites on your platforms. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We are also on all smart speakers, so Alexa's echoes whatever you listen to your music or your podcast on we are also on there so don't be shy and if you have an older relative a loved one or a fellow orient chump who might be on furlough who might or might be working hard tell them about the podcast get them to listen to it grab their phone grab their speaker download it for them and please pass the pod so like we said a massive thank you to tunji akinola making his own outlook podcast debut thank you to dan thank you to luke for sorting that out and we will be back just before you just before you close it out, can I just say we haven't had a review in a little while. It'd be nice to get a couple of reviews. It would really help us out and we'd be very grateful to anybody on whatever podcast platform you listen to to just give us a five star rating and a review. It'd be really helpful for us. Yeah, absolutely. So make that the task for this week for yourself, stand chance. So Thank like you. I was saying, two three two coming next Sunday with all the information and views, hopefully a win for the O's that you would yes. ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, stay safe, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.